0: Christ our God, you were transfigured in glory on Mount Tabor, showing your disciples the splendor of your divinity. Enlighten us also with the light of your knowledge and guide us in the path of your commandments, for you alone are good and the lover of mankind.
1: On August 6th, we have the transfiguration of our Lord. This, in the the gospel accounts, Christ did this, inviting three of his apostles to see him in his real glorified form transfigured who he really is and the reason for this was the fact that right after this the whole story of the passion was to start so in a sense on a practical level you might say this was to encourage the disciples to
2: the transfiguration of our lord god and savior jesus christ is celebrated on august 6th this feast commemorates the wondrous glorification of christ on mount tabor accompanied by the Old Testament prophets Moses and Elijah, as witnessed by the disciples Peter, James, and John.
3: When the chosen apostles beheld upon the mountain of the transfiguration, the overwhelming flood of your light, unoriginate Christ, and your unapproachable divinity, they were caught up into a divine trance. The cloud of light shone around them on every side. They heard the voice of the Father confirming the mystery of your incarnation. For even after taking flesh, you remain the only begotten Son and the Savior of the world.
2: The Feast of the Transfiguration is, like all feasts, celebrated with a great vespers the evening before. Then Matins and the Divine Liturgy of St. John Chrysostom on the day of the Feast. In some traditions, fruit, flowers, and even herbs are brought to the church to be blessed. Although the Transfiguration always falls in the middle of the Dormition fast, fish, wine, and oil are allowed. Now it came to
3: pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. A cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were fearful as they entered the cloud. And the voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. When the voice had ceased, Jesus was found alone, but they kept quiet and told no one in those days any of the things they had seen.
4: The icon of the transfiguration, what it tries to do is truly depict what is so difficult to depict. Christ revealing the fullness of his divinity to his apostles. And, you know, even the Bible, how our language even breaks down to describe what the disciples saw, that Christ's garment turned whiter than white, whiter than the whitest snow, whiter than the bleached white of anything, and that brilliance, the artistic depiction tries to manifest that with all these shades of white, which you never really thought of before, all bursting out of Christ in the mandorla, in 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 these beams of light radiating from him. And then the rest of it is really the story. We see the disciples falling down on their face. We see Elijah, we see Moses, the conversation partners that Christ has at this moment. At the moment that Christ becomes His
5: truest self, you know what happens to the disciples? They fall down. They they just, and it's it's always been the case with saints. You know, they have to hide their glory. They can't show the fullness of who they are, not even to other Christians. We just couldn't take it. It's just too much for us. The, <laughs> you know, the post-doctoral work and holiness. It just it just blows you away. And uh, the icons are so lovely that you know, people's shoes are falling off their feet. And I love Peter's response that he you know says they ought to do something, build a little shrine there. That's just the the response of natural religion to holiness and spirituality. But what can you do? You can't really capture these things.
0: That icon, that wonderful icon with the apostles falling down the hill, that is the icon and that is the feast of our own theosis.
2: August 6th appears to have been the traditional date for the Feast of the Transfiguration since antiquity, though the feast was not celebrated in the West until the 15th century.
0: You, O Christ, with invisible hands fashion mankind in your own image, and now in this same human body formed by you, you have shown forth the first beauty, not revealing it as in an image, but as you are in your person according to your being, both God and man.
6: Uh, Christ had Uh, uh, not changed his nature and revealed a kind of different nature. He, in fact, being God-man, being fully God and fully man, revealed for a moment, for a glimpse, who he really is. And also, being that, he revealed to us the ultimate, not only honor, but the glory of human nature. We think that, oh, I'm weak because I'm human. No, this is wrong. It's In fact, it's a blasphemy. To be human, it means to be united with God. It means to be a partaker of the divine nature. To be human, it means uh, to be as strong as God, as free as God, and as, as responsible for the salvation of the entire world as God.
2: The Feast of the Transfiguration is an important theological statement affirming the Christian teaching of Christ's being fully God and fully man. It also reaches back to the manifestation of the divine Logos in the Old Testament and points forward to Christ's ultimate return to the Father in heaven to sit at his right hand.
0: Savior, when you were transfigured upon a high mountain, having with you the chief disciples, you shone forth in glorious majesty, proving that those who surpass in virtue shall be made worthy of divine glory. Moses and Elijah, talking with Christ, showed that he is Lord of both the living and the dead, the God who spoke of old through the law and the prophets. And the voice of the Father testified to him from the cloud of light, saying, listen to him who through the cross has captured hell and has given the dead eternal life.
2: Some Church Fathers taught that Elijah represents those who are living, as he was taken to Heaven while still alive, and Moses represents the dead because he died. Other interpretations are that Moses represents the Law, since he received the Ten Commandments. And Elijah, as one of the most important prophets of the Old Testament, represents the prophets. Both saw visions of God and desired to meet Him face to face. The hymns of the church also point to the importance of the transfiguration in placing Christ's imminent crucifixion in context.
7: Christ appears. The disciples uh, that have been invited up for this intimate transfiguration uh, for our behalf, because they experience it and then now we are able to experience it, uh, are happy just staying up on the mountain and just uh, remaining in the glory of of Christ's uh, presence. And yet Christ wants them to go down and to offer love and and to work. And all of the miracles, which are very interesting, take place after the transfiguration within, within that gospel lesson. The transfiguration becomes the key to understanding uh, uh, pastoral ministry.
3: On the mountain where you transfigured, O Christ God, and your disciples beheld your glory as far as they could see it, so that when they would behold you crucified, they would understand that your suffering was voluntary and would proclaim to the world that you are truly the radiance of the Father.
2: But perhaps the most important aspect of the feast is the simple fact that, as Christ was glorified, so too shall we be glorified.
1: And this shows what the fate of matter will be. It will be transformed. We will all be transformed. Christ was the first, but he shows what will happen um, to all of us in in the kingdom of God, in the so-called new creation that the fathers talk about and this means the transfiguration of all creation, not only human beings.
0: Theosis, the idea that our Christian life is a process of divinization, is really mirrored in the Feast of the Transfiguration.
5: God's very life, God's very being outside Himself, we can participate in, fills us. We can become deified. And Transfiguration is the place people point to show Christ, deified, transfigured, and his garments uh, so white and radiant and just perfect and complete and whole. And so central to us in our tradition is the idea that at that moment of deification, when the person is most completely godlike, is also the only time when they really become their truest selves, when they become most human. And that's so vital to every aspect of orthodox faith in life, so we don't have a real super pious, um, art or a highly pious, you know, in, a, in an exalted, otherworldly way, music or aesthetic in general. Because the more deified we become, the more just natural and human we become.
0: He who once spoke through symbols to Moses on Mount Sinai, saying, I am he who is, was transfigured today upon Mount Tabor before the disciples. In his own person he showed them the nature of mankind, arrayed in the original beauty of the image. Calling Moses and Elijah to be witnesses of this surpassing grace, he made them sharers in his joy, foretelling his death on the cross and his saving resurrection.
2: Ultimately, the transfiguration is a joyous celebration in anticipation of our own metamorphosis, which is the actual Greek word. Our transformation from a slave of sin into a beloved child of our Heavenly Father. Both the transfiguration and the ascension point to the transcendence of Christ, who, though fully man, was also fully God, In this respect, the two feasts are similar. Of course, the transfiguration is a foreshadowing of future glory that occurs during Christ's earthly ministry, before both the crucifixion and the resurrection. The ascension, on the other hand, fulfills his ministry marking the end of his life on earth and the assumption of his rightful place seated at the right hand of the Father.
6: And then comes transfiguration. Then comes this revelation of, of something that transcends not only our fallenness, not only the fact that Christ came to save us from our sins, but from our creatureness, from any limitation of us being creatures. God created us, yes, we are clay and he is the potter. He is fundamentally different from us, and yet he takes us out of our creatureness and brings it into his own glory, into his own existence. And that claim is, of course, beyond anything that uh, uh, humankind ever hoped for, expected, or demanded of God. It is beyond. It's more than we could ever imagine.
3: Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God, Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now are we children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. All of our ascent to God through theology and all of our ascent to God
7: through um, contemplation and by the doing of the law ultimately must disappear as they do in the transfiguration, and Christ alone must remain. It is the relationship that we have in Him and what He has done for us in the, in, in the crucifixion and the resurrection and the sending of the Holy Spirit uh, that, that ultimately gives us the energy, that gives us the, the proper posture towards loving one another. It's a true transfiguring of the mind and the body for Christ.
2: Although we still see through a glass darkly, the wondrous story of Christ's own transfiguration gives us a glimpse of the glory that we shall share with him. Clearly, if we understand how much God loves us, we will be drawn towards the radiance of his face.
0: Awake, sluggards! Do not lie forever on the ground. And thoughts that draw my soul towards earth arise and go up to the high slope of the divine ascent. Let us run to join Peter and the sons of Zebedee and go with them to Mount Tabor. And with them we may see the glory of our God and hear the voice they heard from heaven. And they proclaimed that you are truly the radiance of the Father.
2: Some of the church fathers taught that the transfiguration was really Christ's true nature revealed to the apostles. Though fallen, we still retain the image of God within us. In other words, our goal is not only to see Christ in his glory, but to realize that wondrous nature within ourselves and to see that glorious image in everyone around us.
7: Uh, The rules and commandments and and obligations uh, must bend the knee to the presence of Christ, to to
5: love, to kindness. Am I living that kind of a life? And especially today when people get so busy and we're so stressed and we're so frantic, and there's so much pressure to fit ourselves into systems and programs and to fit into kind of a, a social machine or an economic machine, And to really be from the heart and just be simple and let your face shine with that glory of God um, can just become the most impossible thing. And yet it's the only thing that will truly bring us happiness. And it's nice that we have that once a year to look at August 6th and, and see Christ in that perfection.
0: You have captured me with desire for you, O Christ, transforming me with your divine love. Consume my sins with the fire of the Spirit and count me worthy to be filled with delight in you, that I may dance with joy and magnify both your comings, good Lord.